Hello and welcome to Pairing, a podcast where we pair wine with art and pop culture. I am your host, Emma Sherjarko, and this episode is one that we have been trying to make happen for literally about four years. I was joined by my dear friend, Ariella Rotengold, to discuss a staple of mythology and nerd culture, the BBC's Merlin. We talk more about the Arthurian legends, texts, and mythology at large, but focus on this show and our experience with it. There are some spoilers, but nothing drastic, I would say. If you haven't seen the show and want to go in totally blind, go watch it. If you're unfamiliar but generally like Arthurian adaptations and are vaguely familiar with the lore, I think this episode will wet your palate, so to speak. I did want to mention two other shows for you to listen to as we are approaching Pairing's hiatus. Two more episodes, guys. So, in this episode, you'll hear that Ariella has recently discovered the Witcher franchise. You may remember our Witcher episode that came out a little while back, featuring some excellent folks, including Anthony Pingera. Well, Anthony and our friend Sydney are the hosts of another pop culture podcast, I'm a sophisticate, and so can you. And I was recently on an episode discussing Akira and Evanescence. Yeah, it's as awesome as you think it will be. I also, speaking of The Witcher, will soon be on a Witcher-themed podcast called Breakfast in Beauclair, hosted by the amazing Alyssa Esteban. So if you want to hear more of my Witcher thoughts, I have a lot of them, be sure to check it out and look for my episode in the coming weeks. Thank you so much to our patrons, and especially our producer-level patrons, Emma Cohen, Rena Sarame, Zoo Yorker, Rebecca Joy Henrietta White, Rachel Berman, Yara Levy, and Michael Beck, all of whom I would go on a search for the Holy Grail with, hopefully also with Colin Morgan and Bradley James. We're nearing our hiatus, but if you'd like to join these magical folks and get access to all sorts of extras for as little as $1 a month, come check us out at patreon.com slash pairingpodcast. Without further ado, here is episode 98, Merlin with Ariella Rotengold. Ariella. Ariella, uh-huh. Ro- Ariella Rotengold. Welcome. I guess technically welcome back to pairing because you were on. Technically. You were on part of the uh, Wolf 359 reunion episode. We were. That's true. Was I Rotengold at that point? You were Rotengold. Yes. Oh, great. Did I say Rotenberg? No, you said Rotengold. I said Rotengold. Okay, good. I can't um, recall what we said in that episode. I think I said Rotengold. I bet you did. I think I did. I think I think I made a point of being like formally Rotenberg since you were Rotenberg when we did you know, Wolf three fifty nine. I have memory of that now too that you say the it. The Ariella formerly known as Rotenberg. Yeah, um, that's gonna be something. my moniker forever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure you're I'm sure you're <laughs> not totally sick of, of hearing that. <laughs> um this is all staying in. Uh, <laughs> but what This but, is what the listeners want to hear. This is the content everyone's been waiting for. It is. It is. Um, and so what we're technically talking about is the BBC show Merlin, which yes. we both have a history with and relationship to both together and separately. And mm-hmm. we've been wanting to talk about it for years. But before we do that, <laughs> this may get cut out. This may become bonus content. We'll see. Okay. Um, 
But before we do that, I finally got Ariella to watch The Witcher. And so, Ariella, what you may not know is, uh, I think, two episodes ago at this point, or it might be three by the time this is released, uh, we just did a big Witcher episode on pairing. So, oh, my goodness. So it's it's mostly about the books, um, but we do talk about the show a little bit. But what I wanted to say to uh, connect this, just in case, uh, just in case I keep it in, uh, is there is Arthurian content in the books. So if you do ever decide to read the books. When I decide to read the books. When you decide to read the books. When in like two weeks when I finish the show, when I read the books. Exactly. Um, it will all it will all come together. And then we'll do a sequel <laughs> episode? Exactly. Exactly. Yes. Yes. Um, the the Merlin Witcher qu- crossover episode. Beautiful. Um, I can't wait. Yes. So Ariella, briefly. Yeah. Tell me all your Witcher thoughts. Um uh, being three and a half episodes. I can't believe you you took a break during the middle of the fourth episode. It's the best episode. It's so good. I, I mean, Emma, literally only for you I know. to record <laughs> this episode would I do that. Thank you. I feel so special. <laughs> Welcome, Ariella, to the fold. Oh, thank you so much. I'm so thrilled to be here. I'm a yeah. little embarrassed <laughs> that it took me this long. But, it's okay. Um, it's okay. I, I am here. I will also say I have already been thinking a lot. Emma, you recommended another show to me a couple mm-hmm. years ago, pretty early days of mm-hmm. the pandemic. Yes, um, did, well, which one was that? Oh my god, I'm gonna totally embarrass myself right now by like fully forgetting the name of the show. Just, <laughs> Don't just... tell me. It's the two brothers. It's uh Oh Supernatural. Supernatural. Yeah, yeah, Thank yeah, you. yeah. Okay, yes. <laughs> okay, so and I'm already feeling par like there's some parallels just in terms of like the creature lore. Yes. Um, because Supernatural draws on so many different mythic traditions of creature lore. So like Astriga, yes. which I just encountered on The Witcher, mm-hmm, also mm-hmm. existed in Supernatural. Yeah. So I've been thinking about you in so many different different ways as I've been watching The Witcher because it's sort of there's a touch point and and frankly also about like Arthurian legend and Merlin because like we've got Yennefer who I think we could draw a parallel to Morgana like there are so many different ways in which the um different kind of myth fantasy folklores are sort of intersecting in all of these ways and I am here for it absolutely me too and um Yennefer really is kind of like if the showrunners of Merlin actually did Morgana justice, <laughs> uh, which thrilling, I we could I we could get 2.0. into. I know we could get into that. Um, but yes, uh, I mean, sort of, especially in the first season of The Witcher. So, so the way the Witcher books are structured, the first two books are uh, are collections of short stories, and so. All of the Geralt content in the first season, pretty much all of the Geralt content in the first season is based on those short stories. And most of those, Sapkowski, the the author, uh, meant them to be subversions of like well-known fairy tales. So Renfri, you don't get this as much in the show, but you get it a little bit more in the... Oh, you can kind of get it in the show, but she's basically like a, a darker Snow White character. Um, oh, yeah, and uh, well, there and then there's some that you'll see later. I think well, I haven't encountered yet. who you have not yet encountered. Okay, well, I want to talk more about The Witcher, but we are here. 
to talk about at long last. At long last, we're here to talk about Merlin. Merlin! And um, all the characters that we love so much. Indeed. And also, I thought because you and I have um, some fun experience with other Arthurian legends and that sort of content, mm -hmm. uh, we can talk a little bit about some of those other things. Might just touch on them briefly. But... For those of you don't, who don't know, listeners, okay, just in case I didn't it didn't include those last 10 minutes of talking about The Witcher, <laughs> um, I might just keep it in. I might just keep it in. Um, we'll see how we feel. We'll see how we feel. Um, but welcome, Ariella Rotengold, at long last, for your own episode of Pairing. I am so excited you're here. Oh my and goodness, it is so amazing to be here. Yes, and um, and I think I think you know this, but you know the conversation's very freeform. Every once in a while, I will chime in with some wine thoughts that I have, mm. and um, and it's gonna it's gonna be great. It's gonna be great. So we're talking about. Merlin, the BBC show, specifically. Specifically. Okay. So I can't remember. Did you introduce me to this show? Oh, I have I, no idea. I, I don't remember. remember. I don't remember. I think you introduced me to Robin Hood. I think... I definitely remember that. Yes. And so those shows occupied, like, the same moment of my life. Yes. Um... And Which was for me like late high school, early college, and then like through college when you and I yes. were met. Yes. And I believe it was my junior year, your senior year of college where I think you introduced me to the BBC Robin Hood. It's possible that I'd already watched it. Mm -hmm. Um, but I specifically, I, I vividly remember <laughs> watching Merlin when I was writing my thesis my senior year. So I think it might have even been that, like, I had caught up to that point and then it was happening almost live at that point. Because I, I think the time, that's that about tracks. right. I think that's about right timing wise. It ended, I want to say, in like twenty. 12, 2013. I think that's right. I think that's right. Because I remember watching the the finale when I was living in Northampton. So that would have been 2012 or 2013. Listeners, you're getting a whole lot of insight into uh, Deep dive. our early 20s. <laughs> the timeline of our early 20s. Um, I remember having like actual physical DVDs yep. of these shows that we're talking about um, yes but only the early seasons of merlin so yes. like at some point i transitioned to i, think I don't like, remember it's on netflix now i don't remember if it was always on remember. netflix i don't remember if it was always on oh, netflix you know what easier, it was either. not because i now have a memory that i had like files like i illegally downloaded it somewhere yeah. nobody nobody get mad at me yeah um, no, and, i don't think any, i don't think anybody's gonna and i out. i had the first at least the first two seasons which will become relevant Yes. On my computer. Um, yes. And I had those files. And so maybe I did introduce it to you that way because I don't recall that it was on a U.S. platform until perhaps more recent. I don't remember. I, I, I think that sounds right. I think that sounds right because it must have it must have been streaming on something. At some point. It must have been. But 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 I think possibly being introduced to it, you might have introduced me to it that way. So Ariel and I love this show. 
It is uh, a lot. Of, and, and I've rewatched it many, many times. And a lot of it really holds up and a lot of it doesn't. So <laughs> I thought we could talk. Let's just talk about if you haven't seen it. The basic premise is Merlin is a young they call him a young boy, but really he's a young man at the beginning like, of the. I would do they age him? He's, I would say like a teenager, late, late yeah, teenager. Yeah, I think 20s. he's supposed to be. I think he's supposed to be a teenager at the at the beginning. They age him a little bit at a certain point. The intro, John Hurt's intro, um, t- changes from the future of the kingdom rests in the hands of a young boy to the hands of a young man. Um, oh. I think in like in like the the fourth or fifth season that happens. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Um but yes, so Merlin is played by a delightful actor named Colin Morgan and Arthur is played by another delightful actor uh whose name is Bradley James. And really what this show is is the greatest bromance on television between so true. between Merlin and Arthur. And what the heck? Let's just start off with some wine pairings. Um, so I want to give Merlin Pinot Noir, um, which is a nice light red wine. You find it all over the world. Um, it's got great complexity to it, great nuance, but it can also be very just fun and easy drinking. Um, and so I think it suits Merlin well as he grows throughout the throughout the series. And then I'm going to give Arthur Chardonnay because Arthur <laughs> Arthur is my favorite himbo. And I just think he would like a really like at, at least at the beginning, like a really bad Chardonnay. Like he does not have great taste, even though he's royalty. And oh, and part of the reason why I wanted to give them Pinot Noir and Chardonnay is because, and here's a little deep, another deep dive into Emma and Ariella's history with Arthurian legends. The uh, French author Chrétien de Troyes. Um, Good. Good job. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> um, so in, in college, Ariella and I took the same class about Arthurian legends, um, but she took it in French and I took it in English. So Same professor. He same professor. The same class. In two languages. Yeah, yeah. It was amazing. Uh, in English, Shout it was... Out to Jeff Ryder. Uh, Jeff Ryder, we love you. We <laughs> loved that class. Um, and so the name of my class was uh, Days and Nights of the Round Table. Also, fun fact, I think Sarah Shackett was in my class, um, but we didn't know each other yet. So um, we figured that out later. But yes, Chrétien de Troyes is one of the uh, r- romantic era authors... Uh, or not really well is i i don't know the 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 french romance side of the arthurian legends chrétien de troyes was one of the big ones right i would love to be able to um give more information about the time period and all of that but to be totally honest i have no memory yeah no that's great that's great the only reason <laughs> the only reason why i'm bringing this up there is a reason why i'm bringing this up but it's because i was like i wonder where cuz what i was thinking wine wise i was like i wonder where uh, Chrétien de Troyes is from, and it turns out he's from Troyes, which is apparently. <laughs> but okay, so Troyes is apparently in Champagne, in the in the region of Champagne proper, and Chardonnay and Pinot Noir are the two primary grapes of Champagne, along with uh, Pinot Meunier, 
who am I going to give Pinot Meunier to? We'll figure that out later. Um, okay, I did it. I made you a wine it. connection. Um, I love it. Okay. I was also just going to add, this has nothing yeah. to do with like the um, sensibility of the wine, but I have a memory too that um, an iconic Merlin outfit is like a sort of deep red jacket. Yes. Yes. And so that that also thinking about a, a, a Pinot Noir. Definitely. Like a, Definitely. Color. It had that's to be. That's all I can contribute to the wine portion. No, no, no. That's perfect. That's perfect. Sometimes that's all it is. It's like, oh, he wears a red shirt. Let's give him a red wine. Um, <laughs> absolutely. OK, so that's a little. Oh, OK. So so it's Merlin. He's a young he's a young sorcerer. But magic is outlawed in the kingdom. Because Uther, played by Anthony Stewart Head, a.k.a. Giles from Buffy. The dream. The dream. Except he's really unlikable in this. Uh, in, I mean, he's supposed Listen, to be. He's experienced some trauma. Yes. A lot. Now, now, this is the I, therapist. I show with a new lens now. Being a therapist, yeah. <laughs> like, oh, that's a trauma response. Yeah, yeah. Wait, I want to have a podcast that is you giving therapy to the characters from Merlin. I think that would be gold. Oh, I I have so many thoughts, but I didn't even think about that angle. Yeah. But I have yeah. a lot of thoughts. Oh, man. Oh, man. So much trauma. But yes. Uh, okay. So so Merlin is becomes Arthur's servant. And uh, he's there with his like family friend court physician Gaius who I believe who I believe is made up for the show I don't think there's a Gaius really in any kind of Arthurian lore creation of from the show is my understanding yeah um Morgana is there and she is Uther's ward to start at least and Gwen aka Guinevere is her is her servant at least to start so they've kind of taken the the kind of arthurian legend as it is taken these iconic characters and mix them up a little bit which is which is delightful and super fun and i at least think most of the actors are delightful um, particularly the actors who play uh, Merlin and Arthur just have a wonderful rapport. Especially in the early seasons, I think that they yeah. get the most attention, mm-hmm. and which is something that I would talk about later as we're talking about kind of like the problematic yes. component of the show. I think especially yes. in the early seasons, but really kind of throughout, I think that Gwen and Morgana both don't get quite as much um, care uh, yes. as Merlin and Arthur do, but definitely, especially in the early seasons, it's really like theirs is the relationship that we are supposed to, as viewers, care the most about, focus mm-hmm. on, mm-hmm. Um, and and so they're really kind of fleshed out in a way that is quite special. <laughs> Absolutely, it really is. I I do believe it's special, and um and it's also very much. I mean, I'm not sure calling it a kids show is totally accurate, but definitely like a young adult, like geared at young adult audience. I would say because there is some like horror and scary stuff in the show. Yeah, not like I mean, in the U.S., it would be on the CW, right? Like, yeah, I feel absolutely. like it's that. Yeah. It's that era. I mean, speaking it, it, of supernatural, yeah. <laughs> Right. But yeah, I, I do think it has that kind of flavor. Like the characters are around that age, that 
there is like friendship and romance at sort of the heart of a lot of the storylines. Mm-hmm. It, it it's sort of of that of that oeuvre. Indeed. Um mm. and and speaking about I mean, we can get into it a little bit more later, but so I was just rewatching as I said, I think we've both watched the whole series through several times. So just to get back into it a little bit, I rewatched the first few episodes the other night. And the things that I didn't remember necessarily is that they really start out Gwen in a really fun way. And I really like her in the earlier seasons and like what they do with her character in the earlier seasons. Throwing some shade at Arthur. Totally. And also like setting up that she's kind of got a crush on Merlin and they've got Mm -hmm. this very cute kind of back and forth, but he's got a crush on Morgana. And so, uh, and, and Morgana also starts out. So the thing about Morgana, the actress who plays her, I think her name is Katie McGrath. She's gorgeous. She's really, really pretty. Um, so pretty. In fact, that's why she was cast, because I think she used she doesn't have an acting background. She just worked in like the wardrobe department or something. And they Stop. were like, yeah, I think so. And they were just like, hey, you're really pretty. And uh, <laughs> and there you go. And that's oh, oh. Wouldn't it be nice to all be yeah. able to be actors? Yeah, just. just just because we're really I mean, if that were all it took. Don't you think you and I should be famous actors at this point? And and everybody should be a famous actor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I love it. Um, but I do, I do like her. Like I, I, my problems with Morgana have more to do with the writers and the showrunners and the s- story they end up having for her because they do start her in a in a, what I think is a really kind of sweet way. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, so that's the basic those are the those are the like main characters throughout and then you get some other characters. You know, you get more of the knights as the show goes on. I'm fanning my face as I think of Gwen. Um Oh yeah. Yeah, I love Gwen. I just love Gwen in whatever whatever iteration of Arthurian legends. It's true. I was going to say Gwen's always is the so hottie. great in the like yeah. the Chrétien de Troyes as well. Yes. Uh, d- sidebar, did you see uh, Gawain in the Green Knight? The you one know, with I didn't. It was Should weird. I? I, okay. It's worth it's worth watching if you can find it like streaming on something. Okay. I think it's worth watching. It's weird. I didn't a hundred percent love it, but I loved parts of it. If that makes sense. Okay, um, that worth worth seeing. It's like, definitely sure. worth. It's definitely worth seeing. With the caveat that, like, it may not be your thing, but it's definitely worth seeing if you're at all a fan of, you know, Arthurian legends or Dev Patel or just kind of, like, interesting experimental filmmaking. But yes. Okay. So let's see. Where should we, what should we, what should we talk about? Where should we start? Um, I mean, we've already sort of started. What's, yeah. What? What's your... If you had to sell this show to somebody to watch who hadn't seen it before, what would you what would you say? I think I would say uh, that this show is like the most fun version of an Arthurian legend. Or okay, so yeah, so I think I would say basically that it's Arthurian legend mixed with, and this was kind of like to reference my point earlier, like yeah. 90s 2000s teen rom-com television absolutely absolutely and and the end result is like 
truly a delightful television experience. Yes. I think that's what it is ultimately is it's just a total delight. And I mean, as you get into the later seasons, things get a little more serious and dark. But yeah. um, but it's still also kind of, I think, go off the rails, which we can talk about. Yeah, I think yeah, that the show is definitely. at its best in its early seasons when it is a little lighter and just kind of bringing out the like, I, I think it's still serious. I think it's still tackling some, some yeah. serious topics, but yeah. also kind of leaning into um just the like relational the relationships between characters yeah. and kind of deepening that. Absolutely. And you know, I'm not again, I'm not sure if we kept this in or not, but we were talking a little bit about supernatural earlier. And I think supernatural is kind of a good equivalent. Obviously slightly different, but but it it, it also very much follows the like monster of the week kind mm-hmm. of form or the like you know, new character of the week, like Lancelot shows up uh, a few times. And um, I also love the actor who plays Lancelot. Um, Oh my gosh, what's his name? I think it's Santiago Cabrera. He is, fun fact, he's on Picard now. So good for him. He, He got, he's gotten some good, good gigs. Love that he's gotten more work. Yep. And... And, and oh, and just one of the fun things about the BBC, I feel like if you're if you're because uh, I know there's like complicated feelings toward the BBC in the UK and and elsewhere. But I was definitely a like British TV nerd as a child to young adult. Ariella just yeah, said me, me, me too. Yeah. For and sure. uh, and I think that's part of what drew us to each other. Um <laughs> And among so many things. Among so many things. No, no, it's not like the primary thing. But I feel like there's something about your personality if you're an American kid and you watched a bunch of British TV. Um, For sure. And so and and one of the fun things that I find is like I start recognizing the same actors like they show up. There's these there's these British TV character actors who show up in everything. And then and then you like see them on Game of Thrones or Supernatural or something. And you're like, oh, good for you. And (laughs) (laughs) Um, and and that's just that's just always a delight to me. Like, I feel like I, I. I keep recognizing actors in shows that I'm watching that I recognize from Merlin. The most recent one was the uh, actor who plays Mordred. He was just in uh, a season of Outlander. So, oh, really? Yeah, yeah. This most recent season of Outlander, and it took me it took me a while. I was like, I know this guy. Where do I know him from? He must have. He must have gotten old like you recognized him even though he's, yeah, he's yeah, aged he's, a bit. Yeah, he he looks older, but he does but he still looks like, you know, the same. Mm-hmm. He, I I could tell I could tell it was him. But he, he I mean he, he kind of had a baby face in in Merlin. He was he was pretty young it seemed like. Yeah. Which that's a whole nother that's I mean that's part of the problematic choices of of the show, the Mordred stuff. But yeah, uh so at least to start out, let me see what other wine stuff I've got here. Aha. <laughs> I'm sorry. I forgot. I wrote in my notes about Arthur Himbo Supreme. <laughs> <laughs> but he's got a great heart. He's got a great heart. That reminds me. I've got some videos about The Witcher to send you. Uh, please and thank you. Yeah, I will. I will. It's related. I swear. Uh, for for Gwen or Guinevere, um, 
the grape I, or the wine I wanted to give her that for some reason felt right is Barbera. Mm. Um, it's a, that's an Italian red wine that kind of goes under the radar, I think. People kind of forget about it. It's not considered like one of the great wines necessarily, but it's a really wonderful wine. It's one of my favorites and it's very versatile and um and and just kind of has really pretty like dark purple fruit to it but it's not too tannic and there's just something about that that feels right for um for Gwen so that's for her <laughs> and then for Morgana I gave her another red wine I'm giving a lot of red wine to people but that's okay it's a red wine show though it can also be a white wine show actually it could be a rosé show I'm I'm drinking a little rosé right now and I think <laughs> I think rosé fits fits the kind of delightfulness of the show very well. If we were to do like a wine tasting, like multiples, maybe we would start with some rosés and then move to reds as the show proceeds. Indeed. Maybe throw some champagne in there and raise a glass to Mr. De Trois. Um Monsieur, Perfect. excuse me, excuse me, Monsieur De Trois. Oh, uh, yeah. uh, yes. I wasn't going to correct you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I could tell. I could tell. Um, so for Morgana, I wanted to give her Gamay, which is the wine of Beaujolais, which for two reasons. One, it's really, really pretty. I keep harping on this. She's really pretty. <laughs> She's so pretty. She's so pretty. But so, but for that, and also because Beaujolais is a wine that's very misunderstood and I think <laughs> I think Morgana is a very misunderstood character, including by the creators of this show. So, uh, you know, a lot of people, when they hear Beaujolais, they think Beaujolais Nouveau. Um, I'm not sure if you've heard of... I feel like we've maybe talked about this, but... So Beaujolais Nouveau um, is this phenomenon that was very, very popular a while ago, few like 30 years ago or something, where basically it's kind of a cool concept. They uh, do a really quick, like once they've harvested the grapes, they do a really quick press and fermentation and then just release the bottle. So it comes out in, I think it's like the third, it's, it's early November that it, that Beaujolais Nouveau is released. And so what it is, is a very like, fresh young red wine that can vary in quality some of them are just fine but but you know even the best Beaujolais Nouveau is like this is fine while like real Beaujolais that's aged longer uh, or is one of the crew Beaujolais um, because there are 10 crews within Beaujolais I can't remember them all but one of them is Morgan which almost sounds like Morgan which is your middle name it is. Yeah. <laughs> or and Morgana. And the name of um, like, the actor who plays Merlin and Oh, Morgana. that's right. Oh, my God. My connections to this show run deep. Oh, my God. Morgan is the grape or is the wine of Merlin. It just is. We just, we just discovered that. We discovered and, it. Uh, it's one of my absolute favorite wines that from that crew specifically. Um, they're so good. So Gamay is like has very usually kind of like purple and red fruit to it, but is not very high in tannin. Um, so it's it it's a little bit smoother 
um, in some ways. It can have some body to it, but it it's usually not like as grippy as some red wines can be, which it, you can often put a little bit of a chill on Gamay. So it's a great summer red. It's very versatile with all different kinds of food. Um, anyway, that's a that's a great one. Um, but most people don't know that. And uh, a lot of people don't know that Morgana Le Fay or Morgan Le Fay is um, is a, a deeply misunderstood character. Unfortunately, mostly given justice by Marion Zimmer Bradley in The Mists of Avalon, turns out Marion Zimmer Bradley, really horrible person, really horrible person. That was a... That, that was, was a that was tough. To learn. That was a, that tough, was a one. tough one. Yeah, because I I loved that book. That book was formative. In... Very important. Also, the miniseries, right? Um, was oh, uh, yeah. very important to me as a young younger person. I I watched it, but I was less into it than than the than the book than the book. Yeah, yeah. If you don't know, look it up. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna get into it. It's very upsetting. Um, but yeah. yes, if you want to read Marion Zimmer Bradley's book books don't buy so yeah don't buy it get it (laughs) at your library yeah yeah yeah. i mean she's dead so she's not getting any money from it but um but even so not not a person you want to support okay okay (laughs) anyway on that note uh okay for uther which you can you can share your opinions on this um from your therapist perspective. I'm going to try to be <laughs> compassionate. Um, but I gave I gave Uther Pinotage. Um, Pinotage is a grape from South Africa that, uh, again, can vary in quality, but generally speaking, is not one of my favorites. It's a, it's a very interesting grape because it is in and of itself a genetic cross. The grape itself is a genetic cross between, um, I think, Pinot Noir and a grape called Cinso, both of which I like very much on their own, usually. But something about this genetic cross makes the the wine, the wine can be, it like one of the tasting notes is often burnt rubber. Um, <laughs> which, sure. if that's your thing, cool. But uh, it's not really mine. Um, but so There's I feel something for everyone. Exactly. And so, you know, Uther does things that make you pretty upset from time to time. Now, we can have the compassionate response and say, yes, he's uh, he's been through a lot. It and, doesn't make all of the things he does OK. It doesn't make yeah. them like it's all sort of like excusable. It's just like a context and a, there's sort of some complex reasons behind some of the things that he does, but those things that he, those things that he does um, have like real impacts. Yes. Like, for example, I don't think this is too spoilery because it happens in like the third or fourth episode, but I was just watching it the other night. Um, Merlin gets poisoned to save Arthur and Arthur goes on this epic quest against his father's wishes to get the flower that is the antidote that will save Merlin. And when he comes back, his father, like, crushes the flower and is like, you just need to deal with it that people are going to die for you. 
And um, don't worry, spoilers, Merlin doesn't Merlin die. Merlin doesn't die. <laughs> yeah. Episode three, yeah, really yeah. turning this epic on its head. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so he does stuff like that all the time. And he's very bigoted um, against sorcerers. Again, he's got reasons to be mistrustful, uh, but you know, very much blaming the whole for the quote unquote sins of the few. But yeah, but but I, I like Pinotage for for him because yes, like generally I don't like Pinotage, but I've had some that I like and Uther has his good moments and um and the and the source of uh, of Pinotage, the the Pinot Noir and the Cinso, both of those I like very much on their own, and so I I love Anthony Stewart Head, and I think he does a great job performing this character. So yes. you know, kind of the source of of the character, I I do very much enjoy, even if I don't like him. Ooh, Emma, that pairing went deep. Yeah, <laughs> every that. once in a while, every once in a Ooh. while, I nail it. Everyone's that was a good one. Thank you. Thank you. Sometimes it's like, he's Pinot Noir because he wears a red shirt. And then sometimes <laughs> it's <amazing>. like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, but no, but sometimes that's my reason too. <laughs> or I gave it to her because she's pretty. Um, but uh, I mean, no slouch. She's really pretty. <laughs> she's really pretty. <laughs> I'm not sure if we've driven this home. Also, the actress who plays Gwen is very pretty also. Really pretty. Really Have pretty. Na- is that, her name is a- Angel Colby, is that right? I believe Angel Colby is her name, yes. Um, a great actor, too. And another one, again... I feel like they did not do her character full justice from where she starts out. Because she starts out in a really fun, cool cool place Mm -hmm. and then kind of just falls into this kind of trope. Yeah, trope. Exactly. And that's what happens with Morgana, too. And And it's part of what's disappointing is that the kind of point of the show is that they're supposedly subverting all these tropes and um expectations and they end up reinforcing, and they end up reinforcing. a lot of the time yeah, yeah absolutely and it is true ultimately like there is a richness to i was gonna say the male characters but really just like arthur and merlin yeah. that um their two female leads don't don't get in the yeah. same way yeah that depth and richness yeah um for for a myriad of reasons but yes that's very true and that's fine like the emotional i uh, the emotional core of the show is arthur and merlin like that is where the energy the the primary focus of the show is but it would be nice to get a little bit more for our for our our female characters yeah, our strong our strong female characters oh also uh i forget if i mentioned this i know i mentioned him but john hurt is the voice of the dragon um so there's a dragon chained up beneath camelot and uh merlin goes and talks to him a bunch at least to start yeah voiced by john hurt voiced by john hurt um and that one let's see i'll give him uh i've talked about a lot of dragon themed wines before but i think i think i'm just gonna give the dragon cabernet sauvignon because it feels right mm. it feels yeah it's deep dark powerful cavey cavey uh definitely aged in a cob uh in a wine cob 
In fact, that's probably what John Hurt the Dragon is doing down there because he doesn't have much else to do. He's probably he's making... making an aging wine down in his cough. <laughs> that would be very entrepreneurial of him. It would. It would. I I feel like, uh, and you know, like every once in a while, like a bad barrel happens and he's and he just like lights it on fire. Like, ah. Um. <laughs> But yes. And then the other character, the one we mentioned, uh, who is a creation of the show, he's not the only creation of the show, but the primary one is Gaius, um, who is a lovely character who basically serves as a kind of father figure for Merlin. And I guess in that way is kind of a foil for Uther, who is Mm -hmm. not the best dad, even though he tries. He tries to be a good dad. But he thinks he's being a good dad. Yes. He's just he th- not listening very well to the needs of those around him. Yes. Again, sort of like Supernatural. Mm-hmm. Um, and as you may see, no spoilers, but you may see some stuff like that in The Witcher. I don't know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm bringing everything back to The Witcher. Everything. Pairing has just become a Witcher stan podcast. Um, I, that. I I am here for that. I feel great about it. Mm -hmm. I will just continue to text you as I watch it. Please do. I love it so much. Emma does it too. My best friend, Emma Cohen. Um, She she texts me Witcher stuff when she... She's been watching it a little bit longer than you have, so like, but she texted me when when the second season came out a few months ago. I was like, what's going on here? I love it. I love it. I feel like I'm spreading the good word, the good news that is that is Witcher. I am very grateful for your spread you're welcome thank you (laughs) phrasing um (laughs) i'm gonna stick with it stick with it stick with it yeah absolutely (laughs) um okay and so for gaius i'm not sure exactly what to give him i wrote down cabernet franc but i don't know how i feel about that i think i want to give him like a friendly wine he could be a white wine, honestly, even though he wears ask, a red cloak. <laughs> well, I was going to ask if you ever give anyone a Lambrusco, which is one of my oh, favorites. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, I've definitely paired Lambrusco before. Um, Lambrusco could be a really good one for Gaius because it is a really friendly wine. Um, it's just delightful. And and that's another good one for Merlin as a whole, I would say. Mm. Like, like, remember that, that Rosé Lambrusco that... I think I think I maybe we had a yes. couple times the one I used yeah, to sell at the you, store in New York. You gave it. I believe that you gave it to me on several occasions. I'm sure. I'm sure I did. It's one of my absolute favorites. Um, can I remember? I think Alfredo Bertolani. It might not be Alfredo, but it's something Bertolani is the producer. It's delicious. Such a good memory. It's so good. Well, I've sold it. I sold it in Boulder as well. So <laughs> I it it hasn't been that long since I've sold it. Um, but yes, that that one is delicious. I like that for Gaius. I like. I'll, I'll see if I think of something something else that feels right. We can keep it in the pocket. As like yeah, a we'll keep it. We'll keep it in the pocket. Okay, so let's maybe talk a little bit about we've we've touched on it, but um, some of the things that we don't love about the show. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, it's mostly the choices they make with the female characters, I think. It's their general treatment of women. And it extends yeah. beyond Morgana and Gwen. I would say that, like, Morgos and Nimue are mm-hmm. also, mm-hmm. they don't quite do right by those characters. Yeah. 
they they again yeah in a in a show that's i mean i don't think it's necessarily like subverting tropes but it is kind of messing with the myth um the female characters definitely nimue um morco morco's has like a little bit more complexity to her i would say but still ends up falling into this kind of general what's the word i'm looking for caricature maybe mm-hmm. um of yeah. of like the witch um and i think actually to to your point i think that's part of what i found so frustrating about the later seasons is because i think that they as we have talked about they start out strong and i think yes. that we think that there's going to be this sort of path of subversion and sort of that following through and then it really like takes a left turn in the later yeah, seasons it does or, you know, depending on on the character that we're talking about but um there there's a period of time throughout when i'm like oh wow the show is really going there the show is really going to do something interesting and different yeah. here and then like ultimately they don't yeah yeah no i think that's i think that's really fair yeah and like in the later seasons there's definitely fun still fun and enjoyable stuff oh but- definitely don't but, stop watching before the end yeah, of the show. Yeah, it's worth finishing for sure. Um, but it very much becomes Oh. Hi, baby. Come say hi to your Aunt Ariella. Hi. Queenie. Hi, Queen. Hey, baby. Hi, sweet I Queenie. Know, I know you can go hide in a second, but come say hi. <gasps> Hello, my friend. It's your friend Ariella. Queen. I know, baby. Just as a as a note for for listeners, I knew oh. Queen when Emma first got her. That's right. We were both living in Boulder, Colorado, mm-hmm. and I was an early ginormous fan of Queen. It's true. It's true. You were you were really one of the first to welcome her into our family. Um, forever in my heart. Yeah, she's and here she is, six years later. Wow. It's been six years. Oh, my God. What is time? I know. What is time? Uh, they definitely play with time sometimes in in, uh, in Merlin. Excellent. Uh, is, it, is it there? Thank you. <laughs> there's like a whole time thing. Yes, I think so. And there's definitely like one of the time loop episodes um, yeah. that – that happens connected to a character we were discussing just a few moments ago if i'm remembering correctly you're right you're right you're right yes okay but no um, spoilers okay <laughs> i mean i think it's okay to do some spoilers uh yeah we can do there's a there's a my memory is there's a that nimue is behind some of the time stuff and there's a great episode with it it's it's entirely possible but yeah and it gets into like the ridiculous you know there's like the goblin creature who disguises herself to be beautiful, but then when she's in her goblin form is just, like, farting all the time. Like, there's a lot of fart jokes <laughs> in the show, which, hey, we don't get enough of that in in uh, totally. American American no, television. definitely not enough. Fart definitely jokes. not enough fart jokes. Um, but if you want your fix, you can just watch this one episode of Merlin and, and you'll be good for a while, I think. That's another actor who I remember watching and being like, oh, I know you from a million other British television experiences. Exactly. Yeah, there's so many. There's so many of those. 
there's oh fun fact since you just watched the witcher um or you i think you watched this episode yet because i think it's the third episode the like uh doctor guy who uh basically sterilizes yennefer Yes, I. He looked so familiar to he's me. In, he's in Merlin. He's the one who has like the burned face. Yes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like That's, the 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 cure for all. A, a cure Ill? for all ills. Yes. A cure for all ills. Yes. That's him. That's him. Yes. 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 I love. Oh I love that actor, and he and he is very much like classic British character actor. Like shows up in all these shows. He's also yeah. in Britannia. Um, which I only watched the first season of, but um, everyone's but but every time I see him, I'm like, I know you. You're from Merlin. Hey, friend. Hey, friendo. <laughs> um, but but yeah, that's there's some there's some really good episodes of Merlin, or really fun episodes. I would say. I mean, like you know, the CGI, it gets it gets better by the end, but it's like very hokey <laughs> at the beginning. The, the, the show did not invest its money into CGI. And that's fine. Thing. It's fine. I, I, think, I think the show invested most of its money into Anthony Stewart Head, <laughs> at least to start. Because he was probably the, uh, of the main cast, he was like the biggest name. This at- is one thing that I've always kind of thought about British television in general is I'm like, the production value is going to be lower than most yeah. US television. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's more noticeable in like a period show like fantastical show yeah but the acting tends to be so good because of british acting training yes and so it's just like we'll forgive the low production value it's fine the actors are bomb absolutely i would much rather have a low production value show with good acting than vice versa though every once in a while i like i like a good spectacle but um hence the witcher hence the witcher (laughs) But the acting is also very good in The Witcher. That's what I'm saying. Um, High production value and really good yes, acting. Yes, that's the dream. And then there's stuff like Excalibur, which has neither. Um, <laughs> <laughs> which is one of my favorite movies of all time, speaking of Arthurian uh, Arthurian legends. Um have you seen Excalibur? I forget if we've talked about this. So uh, this is a great question, Emma. So I don't you you definitely know this fun fact about me where if I haven't watched something like many, many times over on repeat, like yeah. it's anyone's guess if I've ever seen it before. The number Absolutely. of times that my husband has told me that I've seen something that I swear I have never seen. It's like every time yeah. I watch it, it's fresh and new for the first time yeah, until I've great. seen it 15 times and then I finally remember it. That's great. That's great. Um, Excalibur, I feel like you would remember it. <laughs> if you maybe it. I haven't seen it. <laughs> okay, next time I'm in New York, or if you come here, we're watching Excalibur. Because yeah, and can we make that happen soon? Yes, please. One way <laughs> or another, I'm gonna find you. <laughs> I'm gonna get <laughs> Dear listeners, it's been a minute since Emma and I got to see each other. There's been this thing called the pandemic, but yes. But yes, okay. So we'll 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 have to have an Excalibur night because I think you will appreciate this movie because it is so bad and I love oh, it. Oh, good, so oh. much. Oh, I can't so wait. So much, yes. <laughs> and it's got Patrick Stewart. It's got what? Ha- Patrick Stewart is. Uh oh no, he's Leon de Grands. He's he's uh, Guinevere's father. Liam Neeson is Gawain. 
Helen Mirren. Helen Mirren is Mor- Morgan Le Fay. Um, Gabriel Byrne is Uther. So it's got like a stacked cast. A stacked cast. I definitely cast. have not seen this. Yeah, I would you, I, this. If you would remember it because it, the cast is you would you would think it would be great with the cast that it has. Oh no, it is not great. But oh, no. I still love it. I still love it. Okay. So we've been a little we've been a little all over the place, but is there are there episodes that stand out to you as like your favorite episodes? Um or or characters or anything. It doesn't have to be specific episodes, but or like little storylines. I'm going to think about this too cuz I haven't thought so- about it. I would actually say that this is a show where I think, like, the pilot is a really strong episode. It is. I really enjoy the pilot of this show. Um, I also would say that I think um, the Cure for All Ills, um, I remembered the name of that episode because it's an episode that has stuck with me a great deal. Yeah. Um, I would say the early Mordred storyline is one that Mm -hmm. I really gravitated towards. Again, like, that is something that takes a turn yes but and yeah it's like so and similarly like the obviously i mean we've talked a lot about the the bromance the the strong relationship between arthur and merlin but the development of that in the first few seasons is something that really stuck with sticks with me um as is early gwen yes i agree i think i agree with all of those i would also add in the um kind of development of the knights of the round table and mm. like meeting meeting all the knights um because there's a couple that they make up um like sir leon i think his name is he's there oh, for yeah. most of it the tall guy with the curly hair um yeah 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 he's there through most of the show and i'm pretty sure sir leon is not i don't remember that I don't character think... in arthurian I don't in 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 our pal Chrétien's books. Yeah, I don't think he's in. I don't think he's in Monsieur de Troyes' books, um, or Sir Geoffrey um, of Monmouth, or right or some other 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 ones. But yeah, I mean, like obviously, I I've got a huge crush on Gawain, but he's also a delightful character. He kind of brings in a a different kind of energy. Um, Lancelot. I think they handle the Lancelot story in a very sad but beautiful way until they do one thing that I didn't love but I I I agree I I yes I agree with that I um, think they I, I I don't necessarily like I wish that they'd gone all out and just not had Guinevere and Arthur together like I wish that like if they were going to go for that like let's subvert the trope altogether but yes that's such a good point some of the moments where there is a protection of pieces from the original myths Mm -hmm. um i think doesn't serve the show in the directions that they kind of want to take it because it feels like they're really at odds with one another yeah i i agree um but like the relationship between Merlin and Lancelot is also really, really great. Really, really beautiful. They yeah. have they they really develop some of these relationships, and I think that's really the core of mm-hmm. of the show. And um, and as we said, and it happens to be more like 
the male characters having camaraderie with each other to whatever extent you want to interpret it. Um, and, and that is really nice. And it's kind of nice to see in that sense, like a kind of rejection of toxic masculinity, um, which is not ubiquitous, but I think happens in moments or just kind of having well, like having like affection be a thing. That's yeah. okay for men to have for each other. Um, yeah, that's... I, I I think you're totally right. I think that like within the sh sh the content of the show, there is a lot of deep male relationship that pushes back against toxic masculinity. I would say that like the fact that the show privileges and focuses so much on the male relationships is also like a product of some toxic masculinity but absolutely um, within I within the structures of the show itself you're yeah I, I totally agree that those relationships are um are pushing back on on some of those societal tropes. De definitely yeah i i agree the the cure for all ills episode is one that definitely stands out the the episodes in the first few seasons i also like the stuff with the druids um to a certain extent, again, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. but there's there's some cool stuff that they do with like Celtic mythology yes. that um, you know isn't necessarily in all Arthurian stuff. But again, it it does basically boil down to really good actors engaging with each other with well written relationships. Mm -hmm. I would say it's definitely a show where like the on the on the micro level, it really, really works. On the macro level, it kind of falls apart at a certain point. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I feel, I feel exactly the same way. And and I'll also add that it's it's truly very funny at times. Like oh, there's almost yeah. like a we haven't really talked about like the physical comedy and like almost yeah. clowning portion yeah, of the show, absolutely. which is also like very present and i think a testament to the quality of acting and and also just like the way in which the show sort of allows again especially in the early seasons for there to be kind of that that range absolutely yes and um and both both the actors uh merlin and arthur are both extremely funny in very different ways um yeah. and they they really that's it's really great casting because they they just have this this kind of rapport together um not just them i think you know again justice for guinevere um i think she's really funny too she's when they let her be um mm -hmm. she can have really funny moments but then they just kind of like lose that kind of fun like she starts off very awkward and um it's just really fun to watch her be like really awkward flirting with merlin in the first few episodes and again that's a thing that doesn't really last but but i was watching these episodes and these and there's such good great dynamics between these actors that i was like i ship that like i i want to <laughs> see i want to see gwen and and merlin together like let's do mm -hmm. it like they don't have to be in love forever but i want to see them date for a while but they they like wouldn't go for it right. um and so there it is you know there it is there's, there's a lot a of of good bits and then Yes, the 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 zoom out is where some of the the problematic yeah. pieces begin yeah. coming into view. I also think it's just a, a a kind of smart framing device to have uh the fact that Merlin is is a sorcerer and has magic and cannot tell anybody. Yeah. Um and except for Gaius. Um and then 
a few people find out along the way. But the main tension of the show is there's this beautiful relationship between Arthur and Merlin, but there's this huge secret between them. Mm-hmm. And and so the tension of the show is always like, when's he going to find out? And what's he going to do? Um, yeah. And uh, we won't tell you if or when that happens. but Sure won't. Sure won't. That's, that's one spoiler we'll keep. <laughs> Ooh, maybe I'll try to do a few quick pairings for the knights. Oh, um, yeah, 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 yeah. Let's see. Gawain, I think Gawain has to be Tempranillo because Tempranillo is a spicy, sexy grape. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, Lancelot, I do, again, I really, I really like a lot of what they do with Lancelot. And it's that is one where they kind of do subvert a lot of the expectations about his character. You know, just knowing everything. You know, he's such a part of our collective consciousness. I think Grenache is the good one for Lancelot. It's very, it's again, it's a versatile grape. It can, it can be very different depending on how it's made and where it's made, but it can, it can be a really, really lovely, lovely wine. Um, one of the main grapes of Rhone blends, which if we're going along with that, Syrah could be a good one for, for Percival. <laughs> he's another one. That actor, uh, he's another one who keeps showing up in other stuff. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, his, he's definitely. Yeah, he's, yeah he's, he's in um, Umbrella Academy. He may be the actor from the show who's, like, doing the best at this point. Um, That's a good point. He's, uh, he's on Umbrella Academy. He was on Black Sails. But, again, whenever I watch these shows, I'm just like, Oh my god, it's that actor from Merlin. Uh but yeah, I think Sarah's a good one for him. Actually, Sarah could work or or like Sauvignon Blanc. Like Oh. Like I feel like again, speaking of I think I think I feel like that's what Percival would drink. He would drink like a, a light or like a Riesling. He likes like mm. a light sweet wine. But he's that 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 seems like a Percival wine. And then there's Oh, who else? There's Elion, who I think is, I think it's Elion, I think is another one who's made up for the show, who's Guinevere's brother. That's another good point. I mean, at this point, nobody should get a gold star for this. I mean, also at the time. But one thing that the BBC did do before a lot of other, uh, a a lot of other networks was um, diverse casting. Yeah, create a a fantasy world where... uh... There were characters of all races and imagine yeah. that. Imagine if you know if, uh, <laughs> and, and, and <laughs> didn't. Well, I mean, for better or for worse, it's a critique of colorblind casting too, right? That like right. it doesn't. It's not a part of the representation matters, and also it's not a part then of the. There's there's no critique or sort of questioning or sort of lifting up of you know shining a light on our own societal. Um, experience of of racism and oppression in in doing that it's sort of a exactly exactly i i think there's a balance to be struck or at least there's opportunity i feel like there should be opportunity to to interrogate that a little bit more but at least to start out at least you know black actors can could could get roles on these kinds of shows yeah again low bar but at least this was one of the the first shows that I saw, at least that had. I don't know if it was totally colorblind, but at least at least 
slightly there more There was diversity. some diversity. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, so for Elyon, I mean, I don't remember much about I mean. I actually, also, I was I was silent when you were talking about that because I like fully forgot. Yeah. That, that I mean. Was, that he existed. And he's another character. I mean, it. it's also definitely, you know, let's not give any gold stars because the way they treat his character feels very much like a throwaway character. Like he's there, but not super significant most of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, that I don't know what else to say about that, except, you know, do better shows. Do better to your and characters of colors. Yeah. Conversation yeah. about <laughs> That's about a that's a whole different conversation. Race and television and <laughs> Yeah. And that's something we've gotten into. Oh, Winston Winston and I and some other guests have gotten into a little bit. Um, yeah. on on the show but but yeah uh, it, you know it was a it was a place to start but now it's time to do better um mm-hmm. okay who else who else who else oh i guess i should give a pairing to mordred Sarah could work for mordred actually if i'm giving percival something else or like nebbiolo or something something surprising actually nebbiolo is a good one for gaius i'm, I'm all over the place here <laughs> Yeah, I want to give Nebbiolo to Gaius. That that sounds good because Nebbiolo is best aged, and Aww. and Gaius is a little bit older. It's very complex. It's a lovely, wonderful, wonderful wine for Mordred. 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 I'm trying to think because again, he's one that like his story starts out cool and they're subverting the traditional like mythic narrative about him, and then they just kind of end up going with it. I don't know. I'm I'm drawing a blank. I'm drawing a blank. But uh, the the closest thing I can think is like a winemaker who is like trying to do this cool new winemaking technique like make a natural wine and do minimal intervention and all this orange stuff which is wine? Yeah, like trying to make an orange wine um and then it just like fails. And so they're <laughs> like and so they're like actually JK, I'm just going to make a white wine. Um <laughs> that's that's kind of i mean that feels that feels appropriate for mordred and morgana both i think Mm. and maybe gwen a little bit but almost orange wine for mordred (laughs) (laughs) trademark that yes 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 okay i think that's what i've got um do you have any uh, any other thoughts that you want to get in before before we wrap up our Merlin discussion? No, I feel I was gonna I was gonna pop in with some of the um the race piece if we hadn't already talked about that. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah, so yeah. I'm glad we I'm glad we touched on that. And yes. yeah, I think that's I think that's that's us in Merlin. Yeah. Oh, I guess there's one other thing I'll say, Emma, which is that okay. maybe I will share with the group that yeah. um, ad- additionally to all of the connections to Arthurian legend and this show that we've talked about for years, we yes. had a dream of creating, oh. uh, it took the forms of like a theater piece. We thought about doing it as a podcast, but we toyed for years with the idea of doing some sort of creative thing with the characters of Gwen and Morgan Le Fay, Morgana, um, and having sort of shining a light on that the that potential relationship between these two women characters that we feel perhaps the show did not quite do justice to. Um, so I'll just we haven't done it, but I'll just name we haven't that done it. That's a connection that we have also to this world. Absolutely, and I don't know if we thought about it 
in necessarily such critical ways when we were first thinking about creating this piece, mm-hmm. but um, maybe subconsciously, a little baby Emma and Ariella were like justice for these characters, um, mm-hmm. and I believe we're gonna we're gonna make it someday. One day. One day. <laughs> I'll return to acting just for that. Yes. Yes, come back. <laughs> yes, I think that's a wonderful note to end on. Definitely watch this show if you haven't. If it's not for you, it's not for you. It's it's definitely not going to be for everybody. And and I get that. But if you're willing to give it a chance and just like really allow the relationships between the characters to be what you're watching for, then I think I think you will enjoy it. As we as we did and continue to. So much. Yeah. Ariella, thank you so much for coming on pairing. Thanks, Emma. Thank you so much for having me. It's been such a joy. It has been. Um, I know you're a little more private on the internet, but is there anything that you want to promote? Mm. No is an acceptable answer. No. Our future our future <laughs> our future uh Morgan Le Fay and Guinevere. Yeah. Oh, when, by when the way, that, I'll promote it. By the way, um, our casting was uh, Ariella is Morgan Le Fay and I am Guinevere. And at the time, we thought that that was like against type. <laughs> I think that at this point, I think it's good casting. I think oh, it's yeah. Good casting. At this point, what is type? What is type? Oh, man, we could get into that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, on that note, um, I'm really excited for you to keep telling me about your experience with The Witcher because I'm so excited. Um, oh, yeah. Get, get ready for an, continuing to be inundated with text messages. And please. I, look, I live for it. I live for it. <laughs> I love it so much. All right. A cheers across, across the country. Clink. Cheers, clink. Cheers to 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 Monsieur de Troyes and to Monsieur uh, de Troyes and Jeff Ryder and Jeff Ryder. Yeah. <laughs> Pairing was created, hosted, and produced by Emma Sherjarko, with music and audio recording by Winston Shaw and logo artwork by Darcy Zimmerman and Katie Huey. This episode was edited by Emma Sherjarko. Follow us on Twitter, Tumblr, Facebook, and Instagram at Pairing Podcast to keep tabs on what we're up to. And feel free to send us any thoughts, questions, requests, and pairings of your own on our website, thepairingpodcast.com, via email at pairingpodcast at gmail.com, or on any social media platform. Come check us out on Patreon at patreon.com slash pairingpodcast, where you can pledge as little as $1 a month and get access to exclusive content, customized pairings from me, live streams, and more. Also, check out our merch store on our website at thepairingpodcast.com slash merch. If you enjoyed the show, please consider leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts and sharing with your friends. Thank you so much for listening to Pairing, where you come for the stories and stay for the wine. <laughs>